What's going on guys, Espionage Micro here, and welcome to this episode of the Microcast. And we got a lot to get through on this podcast, mostly having to do with Call of Duty and the new Optic team, and it's pretty much going to be like a highlights of the uh, the episode of Visions, uh, finale number four. Um, and first off, I gotta say, oh my goodness, if you have not seen it yet, the link to the video is going to be down below in my description on, you know, SoundCloud and iTunes, YouTube. It's going to be it's going to be down there in the description wherever you're listening to this. Um, it's big, big, big shout out to uh, Optic Hitch and Optic uh, Create for um, for creating such a masterpiece. It's 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 oof, it, it's it's uh, I'm kind of at a loss for words like um, it. It's crazy what those two have done. And and what what they can do and, and the feeling that they can portray, they can portray in in a series like Vision it's crazy this is the best Vision I've ever seen by far uh, I know Crossroads is really good everyone loved Crossroads but this this topped it by far because there was just so much going on there was so much drama regarding the Call of Duty team and regarding the Gears of War team uh, we're gonna get into all of it um, like I said mostly gonna be highlights on the episode but. I'm going to, obviously I'm a Call of Duty guy, I'm going to be delving into the Call of Duty stuff the most heavy, um, so yeah, let's, let's just kick it off, I want to start it off, um, so, and it's going to, it's kind of going to be chronologically through the episode, so we're going to start off with whatever I took notes on on the beginning and, and move forward towards the end, um, so first off, it started off, um, with Hex talking about something that I really didn't expect to be in this at all. I really, and, and it kind of shone some light on, you know, some of the anger that the optic fans have been having towards quote unquote corporate optic. Um, and I, you guys know, I've been tweeting and, and people have been back and forth with me about this, um, about how it could be a the corporate quote unquote optic could be a good thing. And, and most people think it's a bad thing and Hector sold out for money or whatever the case is and that corporate the the corporate in, infinite i think it is um has has been ruining optic gaming's brand and yada 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 you guys know the story and like i said it, it, hector opened up about it a little bit it's the most i've ever seen him talk about this i think it's the first time i've seen him talk about this in a while since it actually you know finalized um and so pretty much what he was saying was that he's actually having some of the same issues that the players have been having, you know, Hitch released a, an Around the Bar episode, um, and I'll, I'll leave that link down below as well, you can check that out, about some problems that he was having with Corporate Optic, and, and the clashing of heads and whatnot, and, and things that were going on, um, and it turns out, man, that's, and I think we all had a, a sense that that was happening between, like, some of the players, content creators, like, uh, I, it hasn't come out publicly or anything, but I, personally, Embos, I think he's having trouble with it, and, and not to single him out, but it's just he hasn't been uploading or, you know, he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth um, at this point in time. And it's it's kind of just like, it, it, and I'm sure other people too in the org, uh, especially the content creator side, have been feeling have been feeling this as well. And just the point I'm getting to is I was really, really surprised that this was kicking off the episode. I didn't expect anything like this to even be in the episode. But a quote I wanted to share was it, it kind of summed it all up to me was Hector said that there was there's this discord amongst us and he emphasized us and then he kind of just went into a different topic after that or the vision you know uh, transitioned into something something else and it kind of uh, didn't really 
continue to to go on about that. But the way he said us and the kind of the reason I think he did transition into something else or vision transition. I don't really remember what transition he was either. It was either Hector or it was, you know, just the editing. But I think the the reason why he emphasized us so much was that was the distinction that everyone was talking about. That was corporate, quote unquote, optic against if you will, or versus, or just just a separation between the corporate optic and optic gaming as a brand. Um, and I know that that might seem a little weird, but it, you guys probably understand what I'm talking about if you're kind of diehard fans of optic like myself, and um, especially the Call of Duty team, obviously, because that's where optic started. Um, yeah, man, just the way he said us was there's a discord among us. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying about some people not being happy with the change and, and on all the, the way that the, the infinite is running the brand of optic. And he said he doesn't regret the decision at all, um, but he disagrees a lot. And he also he, he emphasized the word a lot with some of the decisions that are being made um, within the brand uh, by, you know, by infinite from, you know, in regards to the optic brand and i really don't know what he's talking about maybe some of the uh content creation stuff like trivia and and some stuff like that is what i i assumed he he was uh, mentioning and he was regarding that too um about he's not happy with some of the decisions and maybe also to like you know uh demote if you will um hitch and aaron from video production and, and, and things of that nature from a no scope gaming. Cause I believe yeah, I'm almost positive. That's where Aaron and uh, hitch first started working when they moved to Texas, they started working for a company called no scope media. I think that's the name of the brand. Um, and I think he was referring to that a lot too, because I know Hector, no matter how much crap he gives hitch, uh, you know, for things being late and for thing, yada, 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 not hitting their, uh, <clears throat> their honorables or whatever the hell they're called. I don't, uh, time, I don't know what they're called, but you know, the sponsor stuff, uh, time deliverables or whatever deliverables. Um, no matter how much crap he gave hitch on camera about that stuff in person. And obviously it, it was trying to make hitch a better, a better businessman. If you will, it was, you know what I mean? He did it because he thought hitch could do it. And he, he, he knew what hitch's potential was. And, and, and that type of thing. That's why he pushed him so hard. But you could tell that Hector just respects Hitch that much and Aaron that much that I think he was referring to that a lot. Um, and something I found interesting that he was talking about, and it just, it, it shows the character of Hex and not only the character, just the, uh, the business mindset that Hector has. And, and it really, it really shines on how he was able to, uh, how he was able to grow optic to this this grand scale um he was like he, he pretty much went into a section where he was talking about how this year and you all know if you've been watching hector hector's vlogs um at the end of last year maybe the beginning of this year 2018 he was he was saying about how he was going to vlog every single day and if he didn't if he missed days he would donate uh a uh, I don't remember the amount of money, but he was donating like a few hundred bucks to charity for each vlog he missed every single day. And he, he went into talking about how his vlog suffered. He didn't upload on his vlog or he didn't do as much on his vlog as he wanted to anytime something was going wrong with Optic because he, he and he said he took some of the blame. He said he didn't want to be transparent on camera with that kind of stuff because he didn't know how to be transparent with that stuff without throwing someone under the bus. 
which you could totally respect and and I can at least um and I'm sure you guys can relate um he he didn't want to to put the blame on anyone else he didn't want to say okay this is happening this guy's doing this or you know this uh manager is doing this so uh, optic is suffering in this way and he didn't want to be transparent with that stuff because he didn't want to put the blame on he said throwing people under the bus that's just that's just an entrepreneurial trait that people have and uh, any good entrepreneur anyway um they they take all the blame they make no excuses and they don't want to put the blame on someone else and that's essentially what hector was was saying there in my mind that's that's the way i interpreted that and that just shows you the mindset that this man has and and how he was able to do what he did with optic gaming is because everything is his fault and he doesn't want to even entertain the idea that uh you know put excuses and blame someone else so i just want to give you know obviously a shout out to him that that that's a, that takes some integrity right there that takes some serious self-awareness and nothing but respect there uh, moving on from there just it went into some games that I'm not really familiar with, obviously. That's what Vision has become, and we'll get into that towards the end of this, uh, towards the end of the episode. Um, but pretty much, the Gears of War team made a huge change, and they were going kind of like through a similar thing that uh, the Call of Duty team was going through, except for, in my mind, there wasn't as much emphasis on it, just because, like I said, uh, I don't follow Gears of War. I have never watched a Gears of War tournament, um, and uh, quite frankly, I didn't even know there was a competitive Gears of War scene uh, <laughs> until like a year or two ago. I haven't played Gears of War since I was like 12 years old, 10 years old, something like that, um, so it, it's not in the forefront of my mind, obviously, but from what I can gather from this, the Gears of War team is going through was going through something seriously, seriously similar to the Call of Duty team. There's a really big parallel there um, where they were winning. They were dominant. They were just destroying everybody from what I could remember. Um, you know, being said, not really paying attention to that scene was the Gears of War team just destroyed everyone that came in their path and they would mock them while they're doing it because from what i hear gears of war is pretty much the only esport right now where it, it's it's stuck in the the stone age quote unquote which i think call of duty should go back to um i really agree with that point maven made on uh, the podcast the the last episode of the podcast that was released episode four i believe it was that'll be linked down below in the description as well um but uh, hashtag revive cod you know uh, if, if you guys haven't supported the podcast yet go do it these pros are getting together talking the current state of competitive call of duty i think this is going to be the forefront and it's the first stone thrown in um in the uh the efforts to hashtag revive cod as they say and get that hashtag going guys um but yeah my point was the Gears of War team, just like the Call of Duty team, was was destroying people, and no one was even in their in their path. And and the crap topic, crack crap talking was what I was trying to go for there, uh, with the Stone Age thing. Is where and Gears of War is apparently is the only, from what I know, is the only esports that is still accepted to you know talk smack to you, right to your opponent's face and get in them and yell at them and and just like Call of Duty was back in the day, which made Call of Duty big. You know, Nate shot and burns. And uh, uh, who else was it? I don't even. It was like Neslo screaming at someone. I think I don't even know. I don't remember. But it was. I've watched some old clips, and it's hilarious how it used to be. And apparently, that's how Gears of War is. Um. So yeah. And then they they lost. They came in third place at a tournament. I don't know if this was a big tournament or anything, but they they were really disappointed, and they didn't talk. And and apparently, they had some discourse in between their team. And I guess they made the decision to drop Kenny. Um, which I actually knew Kenny. Um, 
not from I didn't even I really didn't even know until this episode of Vision that Kenny played for the Gears of War team because like I said I don't pay attention to it like that I just knew he was in Optic and I liked his personality with he was on other visions he was in other people's videos he was in the Optic game or I guess it was Optic Nation at the time he was on that channel a lot when he was at the Scuff House and so I actually knew Kenny and I liked him as a personality um so it's 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 kind of sad you know it's like oh I like that guy for me and he was dropped from the team and I'm sure if you follow Gears of War a lot, you, 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 I mean, there's no way you couldn't like that guy. Maybe I didn't know anything about his play style, nothing like that, like I said, but just wanted to touch on that point. Um, Kenny Cott drops from the Gears team and they're looking for a fifth player. They didn't announce anything. They said that they're still looking for a fifth player for the Gears of War team. And from there, they went on to the Dota team. Once again, zero clue about Dota, any, um, whatever the hell they're called, role-playing games, th that type of stuff. I don't know anything about them. Dota, League of Legends, StarCraft, Smite. I know zero, literally zero about those types of games. But I just, um, I had written down here that uh, the Dota team won their first tournament. And I say in that tone because I'm not sure if it was their first tournament they've won together. I just know that it seemed to be a pretty big deal. They said that they, this is the first tournament that they were not the underdogs in. They were favored to win and they actually won it. So that's cool. And I think it was called Starlight. I think that was the one they won. I'm not exactly sure on that one. But like I said, I can't really give much input into that since I don't follow Dota. I, I know pretty little to nothing about that and what happened. Um, so just, yeah, continuing on here. Yeah, I took notes because I'm a nerd. Yeah, whatever. I watched it twice just so I can take notes on it. And for this podcast, that's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's all. That is all I'm trying to say. All right. Moving on um, to the juicy stuff and the, the bulk of what this vision was about for me and I'm sure for a lot of the the optic fans out there they were waiting for this announcement they were waiting for something to be said all the teasers all the lead up all the build up all the hype all the rumors and it turned out one of those rumors was true um and I'm sure this was the heavily favored thing everyone thought this was going to happen everyone probably knew that this was going to happen I personally didn't want to believe it because I'm a romantic, if you will. I wanted this team to stay together and make a comeback and win champs. And it was going to be the greatest thing ever. But whatever. They did what they needed to do. And we'll get into that. So just starting off. It, this, and I'm sure a lot of people know this. And the pros have been saying this on the podcast, like I said. And, and other shows and Twitter and whatever the case is. They've been talking about it on the panel at events. Um, and this is... This is coming from Krim. This is a quote from him. He said that um, the internal issues have been going on since the loss at Black Ops 3 Champs. So that's really when things started to take a downturn spiral. So this is before, mind you, the they won the very next year Call of Duty Champs, the, the Super Bowl of Call of Duty, uh, if you will. They, they lost very disappointingly at Black Ops 3 Champs. I think they got like top 12, I want to say, top 8. Something like that. Um, it, it was just a very disappointing situation. You guys all know the story. Um, but yeah, they, they lost that. And apparently that's where their issue started. Um, they were just bickering. They, they weren't getting along. They were, they were no longer friends. We'll get into that a little bit too. There's, a, there's an interesting quote. And it kind of it hurt my heart a little bit to hear Scump say this. But that's, we'll, we'll get into that when, when we get there. Um, but yeah, so the... the, the uh, that's when the issue started was the end of black ops 3 or the the black ops 3 champs anyway and the uh the the arguments that they had and and 
they said that Scump Scump said that it was it was nothing game related. Like literally, their problems were not game related whatsoever. And and uh, Krim Krim used these examples, and I, it, this kind of cuts deep as well. And I don't really. It, maybe he's exaggerating. Maybe he's not. I don't know. There didn't seem to be any hyperbole going on here, but the term "I hate you" was something that Cream used as an example. He said Cream used "I I hate you" as an example, like when they were talking about the issues they were having and the internal issues they were having. He said there was literally nothing about the game that the bickering was about, that the arguments were about. It wasn't like okay, you didn't cover this part of the map, so this person killed. You got to do a better job of that. Crib used the examples like, I hate you because of this. I hate you because of that. And those are some strong freaking words. Like, I hate you. It's not just like, okay, can you do this? You're annoying me. Um, whatever. It, it, literally, I hate you are the words that he chose to use as examples. So I would imagine there was some serious, serious turmoil going on in that situation. And that's that just, it, it hurts because I... I I'm a, you know, like, I'm a part of the green wall. I'm a part, like, I I really like these teams, this these team members. Formal has been my favorite player, even before he joined Optic. Formal has been my favorite Call of Duty player since he was on the Envy team um, back in Ghost when it was Formal, Nameless, uh, J-Cap, and Merc. Uh, that was, that's when Formal became my favorite Call of Duty player because I learned some of his background and how he was like a, a god at Halo and sniping in Halo and, and he moved to Call of Duty and he was equally as good and then he had like a diamond rank on League of Legends and I found out just what a freaking ridiculous video game player Formal is and I gravitated towards him um, and he's been my favorite Call of Duty player ever since so I don't want you to think that I, I've just been dick riding Formal because he's on Optic. So I've been, I've been, he's been my, my dude since before he even joined Optic. And the fact that he joined my team, my favorite organization to boot, it just made it all the better. And that's what makes this all the, the more painful for me personally. Um, and, and it, it went into an interview with Hex after having a conversation with Scump and Krim. Um, and, and this kind of blew my mind a little bit, but it really didn't seem as a shocker to me as you would never see formal in any of people's videos. Maybe a little bit at first when he moved into the scuff house and I, I, he was at the scuff house for like two, three weeks and he never came back after a tournament that they lost. Um, and so this really, it, it, it really, it, it opened my mind a little bit, but it really didn't surprise me just cause like I said, um, uh, because of those reasons. Um, Hector was like, the dinner a couple days ago with the new COD team was the first dinner the COD team has had together in two years. That's, pfft, Jesus Christ, think about it. This this dynasty, if you will, has been together for three and a half years, uh, just about. And this is the first time they've all gotten together and gone out to dinner in two years. So since like after AW, middle of Black Ops 3 type stuff, that is insane to me. That shows me that the chemistry really started to take a downturn even before they lost champs at Black Ops 3. Even if no one know, knew it, I, I think that was a, an inevitable thing that was going to happen was chemistry decay because of things like that. Um, yeah, that's that's just... Wow, that's that's crazy. And some more things I kind of touch on that that Krim said. He, uh, this is an exact quote. He said, it, it was all ego shit. And what he means by that is like they didn't even practice things they should have been practicing like S and D, and and Scump said like they they usually practice S and D and gone over S and D at least 
you know, like a lot before each tournament at least. And so he said in this game, they literally have not practiced SND at all, which is absurd. SND wins tournaments. We all know this. And that just shows you the lack of um, how, how done everyone was on the team. Pers like that just shows you how, how finished that everyone was together. They didn't really want to be teaming for a long time. And I think that shows it right there. And through Infinite Warfare, they were having these problems too. They won champs, but they said that that was because they they just each were individually so freaking good at the game that their whatever chemistry problems, whatever team problems they were having, didn't even matter. Just because each one of them was were so good at their at you know at the game personally or individually, and that's that's ridiculous. And they carried them to champs, and like they said, skill was never the issue. It was all internal bickering, ego stuff. And so going just going from there. Um, things like it's just some more internal issues, and I think this is all like kind of pointed towards formal. Um, people wouldn't show up for headshots or interviews, so like requirements from Optic Gaming, you know, going to interviews with uh media or whatever, uh, getting headshots for you know media that's going to be used in MLG or the CW. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. And so people wouldn't even do that. And it got so bad to the point where they were saying that before like CWL Seattle and CWL Birmingham, uh, they formal didn't even scrim with them the day before that the tournament started. Uh, they were saying that the, it was, it was scump crim and karma. They scrimmed, um, before CWL Seattle with TP, their coach, and they got destroyed. Obviously, TP is no longer a pro player. He doesn't keep up with it like that. He's focused on coaching the team. He has his stuff going with GGEA and obviously content creation. He streams Fortnite a lot from what I see. Um, so they scrimmed with him because they need to scrim with the fourth. And three of them were on dedicated. I guess formal was not. I guess he was done with it. He didn't want to play with them. So they scrimmed with TP once. And I think they said that they scrimmed with Nameless. Maybe that was before CWL Seattle. Um, nameless filled in and, and scrimmed with them. And that's that's crazy that literally the day before tournaments, they were scrimming with 75% with of their team was not there. One person, one quarter of their team was not there. And that's just absurd. It's inexcusable. And when that happens, you definitely do deserve to lose. I hate to say it, but it, it's, it's, the, it's just the cold hard facts. It's the truth. When you're doing things like that, Oh my goodness, I'm so glad that they didn't keep winning because they didn't deserve it. And that's just harsh and true, and they know it, and everyone knows it. And it's unfortunate, but it's the sad truth. Um, and th part of their decay was, Scump, this is an exact quote from Scump. Uh, I think I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it went something along the lines of, uh, we weren't friends anymore. We were just business associates trying to make money for ourselves. And that's, that, that, that cut deep. That really, really cut deep because when I pictured these four players, I pictured them hanging out, having dinner, um, you know, going to the movies or, or whatever the case is when they're not playing Call of Duty, talking, just chilling, going to parties, whatever the case is. That's how I pictured them in my head. So to hear that, that for the past at least a year and a half, two years, they haven't even been friends. They were kind of just doing this as a job. Um, and I, it used to be a thing back in the day when, when people were allowed to, uh, or I don't even know if they're not allowed to, I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to since the CWL was initialized, but they, they can't like, they can't like uh, post videos of their scrims or they can't stream their scrims and, and things of that nature. Um, because it's all gone through the CWL now, um, you know, their league matches, uh, they can't stream those anymore because it's all going through the CWL and the CWL streams them for them with casters, just like they do with events. 
Um, so it just really hurt, and it really kind of opened my eyes to that they weren't even friends. They were just business associates doing what they had to do to make their money. It was their job. That's, ooh, baby. Just mo much like everything in this, it's kind of just like a wow, wow type of thing. Like, shake your head, kind of open your eyes, just, ooh. And it, it, it was the blame game. Krim went on to say, like, it was, it was just everyone wanted to point fingers at everyone else, and no one wanted to point the finger at them. And it was all solvable stuff. It was all... It was all things that if someone would have just manned up and said, okay, yeah, uh, it was my fault. I'll do better next time. Let's get through it. This team potentially could have kept winning and, and potentially stayed together and not made a ro not made a roster change this early at least. Um, three years and three and a half years, that, that's really long. But I feel like with the potential that these four had and how good each individual player is, I feel that... It, Three and a half years wasn't too long for these people, and I—it's an eternity. I understand this, but with how good they are, like I said, it's—it's—they should have been five, five plus years. You know what I'm saying? But the internal struggles commenced, and and you know we have what we have now. Um, it wasn't, and this is what I'm. Like, people tend to blame the captain, Scump. He's been on optic forever. He, he's he's cocky. He's not playing. Whatever the case is, people love to point their finger. I know Karma got the finger pointed at him a lot, but what they were saying was Scump. Everyone on Reddit and stuff was smashing Scump. Like it's your fault. It's like your team. You should be able to control this. Things of that nature. And Krim kind of went on a little bit of a mini rant, or kind of just defended Scump, his friend, and he he pretty much said like, "Hey, I'm here with Scump right now. I'm sitting doing this interview alongside Scump, not Matt, not Damon. I'm sitting here with Scump. That should tell you something." He said Scump had the most potential ever. He said um, Scump is not and has never been the problem. He said Scump has the most potential to grow out of any team, out of any player ever. He said that. Um, he, he pretty much defended him and said that Scump has heart. He did everything he possibly could have to um, make the team chemistry better and, and try and keep the camaraderie there. It just wasn't happening, and it was not Scump's fault uh, ever. At any point in time, it was not Scump's fault. It was the it was pretty much karma and formal and just some, some BS excuses and, and all that stuff. Um, and so if you guys haven't heard, uh, they got formal and karma were dropped for methods and octane um and i believe that they're two ars I'm, I'm almost positive methods is a slow ar and octane is like a is a is an ar uh, maybe one of them is a flex player i think crim is probably going to be playing flex um but i and i'm not yeah i'm pretty sure that they're dominant ars methods and octane and maybe that's why they were picked up scump is you know he, he does his thing with the smg and i think uh crim could do flex and maybe one of them too could also run flex i'm not really sure i just know i remember hearing octane from way back when has was right up there with formal with one of the best ars in the game and then obviously methods is a slow a slow ar who has a lot of time in in the hard point from what i remember and uh and yeah, so we have them. Karma formal dropped for Methods and Octane, which I, I think they're two really good players. Um, I think I believe Methods is coming from TK and uh, or maybe Rise. I want to. I, I don't remember. I'll have a terrible memory. I know Octane was coming from LG, which was quite arguably one of the better teams, you know, this entire game so far. And Octane, you know, went into that envision, and he was saying about how he was getting kind of flack for leaving his team, arguably the best team in the game to go to optic gaming. He's like, Hey bro, this is an opportunity you don't just spit at. And you don't just look the other way. When I, when you get an opportunity to go join optic as 
replacing someone as a stature of formal. You do that shit. You don't just look the other way, regardless. And it was an opportunity. They made him an offer he couldn't refuse, as 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 it were. And that's pretty much it. Um, and methods just went into talking about how. He, uh, he's always had connections with Optic. When he first came up, he was really good friends with Skump, Nayshot, and Hector. So he's always been good friends with them. And it's just kind of just full circle, surreal moment that he's joining Optic. And playing with Skump was kind of, you know, kind of a dream come true, playing for Optic Gaming. He's, and he kind of went into that. And and something that was really, really cool and cemented that these players are here to win. They're not here for a gimmick. They're not here for whatever people are trying to say was a quote at the end of this segment, end of the Call of Duty segment um, from Methods, and this just shows you that they're they're here for the real deal. Is This is a direct quote. He said, We came here to win championships. If we don't do that, we failed. And then Octane just kind of said, Yep, I, like, yep, just solidified that. And that just shows that they're here to win, and that's it. They're here to be part of the green wall, grow the green wall with championships on the Call of Duty side. And I believe him, man. Hey, as much as I like the four players of Optic Past, I'm much, much, you know, excited to see what these four players can accomplish and and their camaraderie and what the hell is going to happen at Anaheim. Hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm actually going to be going to CWL Anaheim. Um, whether uh, whether I have a, a group of espionage players ready to play at that event by then. I, I highly doubt that. I'm trying my ass off to get some players. It's just not working out. The pool's dry out there. <laughs> but believe you me, I'm out there. I'm trying every single day to get uh, a team together to play at CW Anaheim. If not, I'm going to go as a spectator. But like I said, nothing's nothing's guaranteed. I hope to be there. I'll be repping Espionage and all of our sponsors there if I end up going. Even if I have to go by myself, it is what it is. I'll go ahead and, and uh, I'll have fun. I'll vlog it, all that type of stuff. I've never been to a... Never been to a, a LAN. I've never been to a tournament, so that's going to be hella fun. Anaheim to boot, which I hear is the most lit event ever in Call of Duty. You know, minus like the, the France, the one that they had. I, was it in France? I'm pretty sure it was the one in, they had in France. I think it was ESWC or something like that in France. Um, that's the craziest crowd ever. But I heard Anaheim was, you know, right up there in the the most consistent crazy crowd every single year hopefully i'll be a part of that hopefully i'll be a, a part of you know a team that's playing in that event but that's that's here that's that's whatever that's neither here nor there we're here to talk about vision man and something i just i had to mention it blew my mind and it just it just made me think like and hitch man hitch the edit on this uh obviously we all know how much of a beast hitch is it ended with just black screen with white writing it came up it said three years pause 18 championships holy fucking shit that's insane for one team and then it said one team and it, but the three years 18 championships kind of made my jaw drop like god damn if this ain't the most winningest cod team of all time i don't know what the fuck's going on like and excuse my language but holy shit like that is just it just it was like one of those moments where I just put my head down. I was like, "Oh my god!" It was it was Yankee esque. If y'all know anything about the 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 New York Yankees from baseball, those motherfuckers have been dominating things for years. I think back in like it was the seventies or eighties or something like that. The Yankees won back to back to back to back to back World Series. They won five World Series straight. It was like that type of impressive when I read 
this 18 championship three years thing great editing and i just had to throw that in there and that was the bulk of the episode of vision that was my most important thing that's really what i was waiting for i was at work today just fucking refreshing the optic gaming youtube page refreshing hitches youtube in case i I, it was on there refreshing twitter i all day long just waiting for it waiting for it waiting for it because i knew that everything was going to be explained in this vision as it was and it was awesome but the last part of the the vision was it was it was a sad somber and kind of uplifting part um just the only thing i remember watching this was i kind of felt melancholy at at the beginning but as it went on i kind of it was uplifting and i felt happy for the future of optic gaming and it's really cool because like i mentioned on my last podcast i i kind of just like i made the sports you know comparison there it's kind of like having my favorite baseball team the san francisco giants and my favorite football team being you know the 49ers if i was into football my favorite fighter being this person it's like that with call of duty for me optic gaming is my favorite team it's my team quote unquote like people say i just bit my motherfucking mic (laughs) got a little bit too close there um so yeah uh it was it was just the 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 whole section where hitch was actually stepping down and 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 passing on the the baton of vision so hitch has been you know vision has been hitch's his baby and his product and he's done such a great job like i've alluded to um since the beginning and unfortunately you know with heavy heart he announced that uh this this episode of vision number uh, finale number four was going to be his final vision he's no longer going to be producing vision he's no longer going to be editing or he's going to have no part in vision maybe other than like a personality giving you know getting interviewed and and whatnot but he's no longer going to do it he's handing it off to his good friend roger and a team so he said there's going to be more videographers more people working on it and he's excited for the future of vision but just sort of a feeling i was getting he said it was his decision and all and i have no merit to back this up i have nothing other than a feeling i was getting that he was lying um and i don't say that in a bad way like he was lying like he gave it up i feel like he did it was his decision to give up vision um but i kind of feel like this is like i said i have nothing i don't even have anything in my mind that would back this up it was just a feeling i had and i just want to throw it in there that he was he was a bullshit lying and i and i was kind of seeing through that with i don't know what it was like i said i just want he was lying um i feel like maybe he was kind of like he felt internally that he was forced to give up vision um that he had no part left in vision just because he, he said like it wasn't what it used to be um the teams aren't what they used to be. There's not as much camaraderie as there used to be. It's just not as easy for him, which I, I think that's a bunch of BS. I know that they've gone through some in the past with interviews and stuff. Uh, so that's, I don't know. Like I'm just going to leave it at that. I just had a feeling that he was not being transparent in that situation. Totally hearsay. Totally my mind. Just had to get that out of my way. Um, and he said he's not leaving Optic, which I, when I saw the chair alluding to when maniac retired from the call of duty or from the the halo team it was the same thing and it was the picture he released on twitter and all this i thought that 
before, you know, watching it, I thought he was going to leave Optic. I thought he was going to say, I'm, I'm unhappy and whatever, and leave Optic. That wasn't the case, you know, good thing. He was just announcing that he was going to take, he was, he was taking a step down from Vision and, you know, doing all that thing. He said he's still going to be the videographer for the Call of Duty team. He's still going to be on the Optic Gaming channel. He's still going to be doing everything on his channel, that type of stuff. He's now just going to have more freedom to do whatever he wants and not put his time and effort into something that he's not feeling anymore. Totally respect it. Totally get it. And he's not leaving Optic. He's just not going to be doing that series. And I don't know how I feel. I do know how I feel about that. I don't know if Vision will ever be the same. Um, and that in episodes like Crossroads and this episode were so great and we're so used to a style. And he ev- he evokes such a specific emotion that I... I don't think anyone's going to be able to capture it the same way. And I really just don't know if, 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 if they're going to be able to do the same thing. Like I'm sure no one does. I'm sure we're hopeful for the, the future, but man, they killed it with vision and hopefully it's, it's hopefully it's going to be what it was, but who knows? Who knows? Um, and he, he went into this thing where it kind of struck, it kind of struck a chord like some of these other things. This this whole goddamn episode was just striking on, uh, you know, playing to that ethos and pathos of the of the heart. And he he, he said uh, that the vision, there's nothing like vision. There's never been anything like vision in esports where one series was the soul of an organization. And if you think about that, that's so true. It started off with just Call of Duty. Yeah. But as the Counter-Strike team grew, as the Dota team and, and League of Legends and all these teams started coming about, it was kind of like, damn, you watch Vision and you're getting insights into all of these teams. You're getting insight, not into the teams and the and, and whatever is happening, but you're following people, individuals. And it, it just, it was, yeah, that's what Vision did. I don't want to get too sappy and emotional, but that's that's what Vision did. And it was crazy. And, and just ending it with a quote, he said, there's, there's uh, not a better fan base in the entire world, referring to the Green Wall. He said that during his speech when he won uh, editor of the whatever the hell he won. I'm not really sure, but I know he won an award for being an amazing fucking person. I know that much. Um, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it. I, I kind of who I don't I don't really know. Um, I'm happy for Optic. I'm happy for the new Call of Duty team as much as I didn't want the current Call of Duty team to split. I get it. I understand it. Um, and I'm really, really excited for the future. I thought this was a great, obviously the best by far best episode of vision ever. Um, and I just wanted to give highlights, my opinion on some things, um, kind of give me that's, that's pretty much what I wanted to do. I just wanted to talk about this, get it off my chest because this is the day it released is the day I'm recording this. I'm probably going to release this on Monday when you're listening to this, just because usually I, I try not to, uh, upload podcasts until like Thursday, Friday, the end of my uploading schedule. But I feel like this is fresh in everyone's mind. It's not going to be, it's going to be relevant, but it's not going to be as fresh Thursday, Friday. Um, so I'm just going to probably release this on Monday. Um, I really appreciate y'all for stopping by this episode of the microcast. If you didn't enjoy it, subscribe on iTunes. We're on iTunes now, man. We made it. We did it, bro. We're on iTunes. Subscribe to it on iTunes, uh, podcast. Uh, yep. Apple Podcast. I don't know if that has anything to do with iTunes, but it's on Apple Podcast, um, SoundCloud, YouTube, wherever you guys already know. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed. Interact, man. Interact in the comments. Let me know your opinion. 
Uh, let me know things I could improve on in the podcast. I understand I stutter a lot. I go, mm, uh, yeah, that's just going to come with experience of talking for to myself for so long and getting my train of thought back on. I'm working on it. I'm consciously making an effort to get better, guys. But let me know constructive criticism. <coughs> Anyways, guys, once again, let your people know that Micro's out here talking Call of Duty. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace out, guys. Ho, 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 ho. Let me just take a step back there. Let me just take a step back. I completely, I almost miss, I almost missed this, man. I just wanted to give a shout out to our newest sponsor, my newest sponsor, and Espionage's newest sponsor, um, Insane Labs. If you guys don't know what Insane Labs is, it's a, it's a supplement company. They work in dietary supplements, um, much like other places. They, they have nootropics, pre-workouts, they have protein, they have a bunch of great products and actually some dope apparel. I can't even front, man. They got some dope apparel. I ordered some Insane Labs basketball shorts. If you all don't know my style, I'm basketball shorts and comfy t-shirts all day long. I ordered me a pair of those uh, Insane Labs basketball shorts as well as uh, one of their nootropics, which is going to be awesome. It's for eSport, the eSports side of things. It's going to make me focus on Call of Duty, whatever the hell I'm doing. It's going to give me that extra mm, that extra oomph I'm going to need to get over these humps of the grind, you know what I'm saying? So use code ESP, guys, for 20% off all of your orders that you use for Insane Labs. Huge shout out to them. Super excited to be working with them um, in their ambassador program. Uh, so yeah, once again, Insane Labs, you guys are awesome. Really, really enjoy your products. And, and you guys got some dope ass apparel. I can't even front on that. Use code ESP for 20% off everything on the store. That includes, that stacks. They have some 50% off deals on their website. That 20% stacks with the 50% off deals they already have. So go save some money with code ESP, guys. Check out Insane Labs. They'll be down below in the description. Once again, I'll see you guys later. Peace.